For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa, and like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world. And now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. I'd like to say hello to everyone that's listening to this show. I, I appreciate everyone that's been tuning in to the show, Body of Christ Real Talk. Thank you very much. And I'd like to give you all an applause. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how I'm showing my appreciation for uh, the downloaders that's been checking out my show. The downloaders that has been uh, tuning into Body of Christ Real Talk. I love you guys and I appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, taking your time, giving up time to listen to my show. And uh, I just really appreciate that. Now, before I get into... Uh, a short, a more shorter version of spiritual obesity. I'm going to continue with that uh, on forgiveness. But what I want to talk about now is uh, uh, obesity. I want to just say, give a little handle on obesity. And uh, that's a big problem in the United States, around the world. But it is a really big problem. In the United States for a nation that's so rich, you know, in material things and uh, finances and different things like that. So obesity is still a big problem in the United States today. Like I said, I know it's around the world, but it's really a big issue and one of the richest countries uh, in the world, the United States. We have some of the best health care and we have... We have some of the best jobs. We have some of the best doctors, but we are some. We are in the worst health, and some of the most obese people in the world. You know, not on top, but uh, for a country as rich and uh, as uh, financially stable as the United States, that's that's a shame. And there's different factors why it, why it's like that, you know. I'm not going to get into that now. Maybe later on down the line. Uh, but 
the Food and Drug Administration, you know, the USDA and all these guys and the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, the WHO, all these acronyms that's not helping out at all. They seem to be getting richer. And but the the society here, the uh, the nation of the United States seem to be getting worse and worse in health. And it's coming to a point. I was looking at a few shows and stuff like that. And it's coming to a point that anxiety, obesity, diabetes, hypertension and different things are on an all time high in America, among a lot of other things, you know, and it has to do with a lot of things besides eating bad. But that's on top of the list is bad eating, bad choices of food and stuff like that. So now I'm not going to get into the diet right now because I want to get into spiritual diet, spiritual obesity for a little bit. But I just want to remind you guys, it's time for us to really Listen to our bodies in a sense that health wise, because what our bodies crave for sometimes is not the things that we need. Let me say this again. Sometimes what our body craves for is really not the things that we need to put in it. And it's not because the body wants it. It's just because the body is even and somewhat and denial and addiction, if I can just put it that way, because of the stuff and the junk and the bad carbs and the sugars we've been putting in our bodies and stuff like that, especially for us that are obese, overweight and, and, and stuff like that, you know, and I think it's time for us to just take another account and look at another way. It's OK to look at another way besides the low fat you know, the moderate or the high carbohydrate diets. It's, it's okay to look at another way, especially if you are, are obese or you are a type 2 diabetic or even a type 1 diabetic. It's, it's okay to just look at other alternatives of diets. And it's not only weight loss, but just health in general. And I think that's very important. We need to educate ourselves. You know, that's what I'm doing. I'm educating myself on uh, metabolic uh health and stuff like that and I'm got away from the traditional uh, American society heart associations way of eating because a lot of it has been error and a lot of it, a lot of it has been false so I, I didn't got away from that and it has helped me a lot you know far as my weight and the way I feel now now I've been on this diet I've been on a very very high protein diet and low carb diet uh, known as the carnivore diet meat eaters diet which I haven't ate any carbohydrates for over, uh, let me see, over 70 days. It's been about 72 days. And I've been on this carnivore diet over 72 days. Two months and about 12 days, et cetera, stuff like that. And uh, I like, this is a very quick update. I do my weigh-in again, Lois Warren, uh next week, you know, and because uh, I don't weigh myself every day. I don't even weigh myself every week. I weigh myself every two weeks or every month because it's not about keep getting on that scale. It's about what's, what I see happening in my clothing and my uh, my bone structure and stuff like that, that this this meat diet, high, very high protein, low carb diet is working for me. I will be doing this all meat. Now, what I mean by all meat? I mean all meat, fast po uh, beef, you know, poultry, fish, and stuff like that. All meat, all the meat that I like to eat. 
Now, I'm not like everybody else. There's only certain meats I like to eat. So I'm on a certain diet. As the dairy, well, eggs is not a dairy, but I eat a lot of eggs. <clears throat> I eat a lot of beef. And I eat most chicken, mostly chicken thighs, chicken thighs and some legs, but mostly chicken thighs. That's what I eat on this diet. I eat some salmon. I had salmon uh, yesterday. I eat salmon and I eat sardines, which I'm going to be eating more sardines. But my thing is, I'm only eating carbs, you know, but you might say what I'm drinking. You know, you have some people that on a so-called lion's diet or uh, the lion's diet where they just eat uh, rudiment animal meat and, uh, and salt and water. I can't do the just water, man. I didn't even drink a lot of water when I was just out there eating bad carbs. And I know water is good for you, but it's not the number one thing. We've been told that, you know, to eat, drink water. But as long as I'm putting a lot of good liquids in it and electrolytes in me, I will be fine. I need to consume more water. And I'm not saying I don't, but I know that's not the number one thing because even all only water itself is not going to help you need some type of other electrolytes and magnesium stuff that in it. But anyway, I'm doing pretty good on it, you know, but I just want to give you an update on my health issues. I have lost some weight, but I'm not going to talk about the weight loss because uh, I have learned to uh, know now that your health is more important than losing the weight. Let me say this again. The health is more important than losing the weight because sometimes you lose more inches than you do weight and your scale will show that that it seems like you're not losing weight, but I have lost some weight and I can just see it and feel it. But the health, let me give you some of my updates on the health benefits so far since I've been on this all meat diet. I don't like to keep saying carnivore. I don't like names. If you guys know me, you know, I don't like names. I don't like, you know, I'm a rightly divided uh, when I, when I read and I study the Bible and I study the Bible in a dispensational form, in a mid-acts form. I'm an Acts uh, 9 believer and stuff like that. Many people will say, oh, you're a dispensationalist. Don't call me a dispensationalist because I am not a dispensationalist. I might use that format, but I'm not a dispensationalist. I understand the metaphor and stuff like that. You know, my point is I don't like names. Uh, and that's why... I, I usually I, mean, I use the term all meat eater. All meat don't, don't, does not mean I eat every meat that's out there because, you know, you got to be careful when you say that. Cause people take it literally and they have to put all kind of other weird animals up there, including dogs and cats. But my point is carnivore is a meat eater. And what bothers me about some carnivores quite a bit they, 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 they put it out there like almost like they are animals. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa, and like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world, and now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com 
or 800 her love oh, they you know you have certain ones that's very strict on what they eat and some of them even eat organs cooked or raw i don't go there i'm not an animal I don't have to try to eat like no animal, a carnivore animal or like a lion or whatever like that. You know, I don't have to try to eat like that. I'm just trying to eat the meat that I like. And I don't like to be considered as a carnivore. Like a lot of the carnivore people do. They call us say, well, us carnivore. No, 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 just me. I eat meat. I'm Joe. I'm on a meat diet. I don't like the name because it's just like I don't like denominational names. I don't like diet names. I don't like to be called that uh, a name like the vegan Joe or the carnivore Joe or the lion Joe, you know, because you you can make that out of a fad and you become obsessed with a diet. And I'm finding a lot of people is is bouncing on and off of this diet because they're doing it the wrong way or is it, it wasn't for them. Okay, so I'm on this all meat diet. I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. I'm very creative. That's why I believe I can stay on it this long. Also, because I tried to act as any keto before, so that helped me to stay on it. It's not for everybody. It, it, it is not. I would never advise, man, you need to try the carnivore. I would try to talk you, maybe trying the keto, which is very good. But the carnivore, now you got to really be uh, into the carnivore because you're going to be eating up a beat. And you decide what drinks you want to eat, but meat is mainly going to be meat. So this, and most definitely don't want to try the lion diet because the lions on the lion diet you only eat some type. You only eat all rudiment animals, mainly steaks and beef and stuff like that. No chicken, no other fish, and nothing like that, which I don't like. And you only drink water for your beverage and, and salt. That ain't me. It works for everybody, but that don't work for me. So I make up my own carnivore diet. All right. My point is, health, let me give you a health update. Now, let me tell you what the things I was kind of getting bothered with before I went on a carnivore diet. I'm going to get to the uh, spiritual obesity. This is just an update. The changes I have had in these 70 days of being on the all-beef diet, these are the changes. What I used to s struggle with before is my sleep, uh, a lot of heartburn. Uh, I used to have this uh, bad, sharp pain shooting through my legs. Real sharp pains shooting through my legs. Now, this is pre-all-meat diet, pre-carnivore. A lot of sharp pains. These are the health benefits, not the weight. Uh, sharp pains shooting through my leg. I used to have excess tiredness. Somewhat of hypoglycemia, you know, a little wooziness and dizziness and stuff like that. A little bit of hypoglycemia, uh, uh, stuff like that, you know. Uh, those things and the cravings. I used to have a lot of cravings. I used to buy a lot of potato chips and maybe some cakes and stuff. You know, just eat them when I'm bored. Eat when I'm bored. Now, by me saying all that, those things have subsided. I'm not saying it completely stopped. It's subsided. Now, let me tell you what I mean by subsiding. You know what that mean. The heartburn have subsided over 60 to 70%. 70%. That's my percentage. Uh, have subsided. The, uh, the sleeping bad has subsided. I mean, I sleep a little better. I rest very much better now, you know. Uh, the sharp pains, the heartburn, 
has subsided. Did I say that already? Well, anyway, you know, the heartburn has subsided very much. I'm, what I mean subsided, it still try to sneak in once in a while, but it has subsided quite a bit since I've been on this uh, all meat diet. Uh, the sharp pains in my leg and the cramps have subsided quite a bit. And I don't, I haven't had the sharp pain since I've been on the diet. Maybe once that was earlier, you know, when I first started. But the sharp pains that used to shoot through my leg and everything. I know that had to do with not drinking water and, you know, the circulation and stuff like that. Not, you know, it could also be from the heart as well. I know those things, but I'm just saying I don't, I haven't been suffering from that since I've been on this all-meat diet. Now, those are the things that I have noticed since I've been on it. You had other people but very crazy reversals of type 2 diabetes you know not only this diet but the keto diet and all other stuff hypertension some people cancer has reversed on this type of diet but i'm just talking about what happened with me is nothing spectacular but it has subsided i ain't bold enough and uh or i have been on it long enough to just say it stopped completely I'm not going to say that yet, but I can tell you it has slowed down and has subsided. My snacking, big time. I don't have a craving for snacking because it, my appetite is so much more suppressed now since I've been on this. Another thing, I don't eat as much because I don't have much of a strong appetite because the nutrition I'm getting from this meat. So my appetite has subsided. I can go 16 up to 20 hours without eating now and don't even be thinking about food, you know. Have society and everything. The energy is not like I wanted to be as of yet, but I move better, you know. I walk around better and everything like that. I believe most of that is mental. You got to get through that mental stage, too, of going up and down the stairs. And I think a lot of it is mental because you're used to grabbing stuff and cramping and creeping up the stairs when you've been overweight the majority of your life. So I think it's more mental than physical with me, and I got to just learn it's okay to try to run up the stairs without thinking I'm going to trip and fall because I'm off balance sometimes, okay? But those things have subsided. I will not boldly. I'm not. I'm not standing out and saying it to stop yet. I have to. I'm gonna give it six months. You know, because I want to do this for six months, and then I'm gonna uh, try to go a little longer. It all depends on my body because I'm learning my body now. I listen to my body more and everything like that. So that has subsided. I have also became more. Uh, more uh, knowing and more alert of what my body uh, let me see how can I put this I'm more aware of what is not for me when I put it in my body you know like how much cream how much coffee because I still drink coffee and stuff like that even if it's keto coffee it still bothers my stomach. The gas is still there, but not as much. The bloating is still there, but not as much. That's what I mean by subsiding. I don't. I don't. I don't suspect. I expect something to start overnight, like it does other people. But you know, it's going to be slower or faster for faster for different people's bodies and metabolism. I still get somewhat of bloating, and I still get somewhat of gas and stuff like that, but not as much.
So, but you got to remember, I only been here. I only been on it for over a couple of months, so I don't expect the overnight thing. It happens with some people now, quite a bit of people, but it just ain't happened with me. I'm just being real. It just happened. I haven't got that yet, but um, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm looking for. So far as the health benefits, it has been working out well with uh, subsiding and, and something slowing down. The weight loss, I will weigh myself again. I'll let you know what's going on with that. But I have lost close to 18 to 20 pounds already. You know, far as that, that might not be a lot for a couple of months, but it's okay. You know, I used to use lose weight faster than that, but when you get older, it's not as easy. But I am losing. As long as I'm losing two pounds or something like that, I'm cool. As long as it's going down and not going up. <laughs> okay? So I am losing weight. I will weigh myself again. I feel right now that I have lost a few more pounds because I usually, that's how I know my body now. I don't have to get on a scale. I can tell when I lost some weight. And usually when I feel that way and I know I can tell, I get on a scale, I'll be correct. I lost weight because you get to learn your body if you pay attention to your body, especially being on a certain diet. Okay, that's the update on that. Now, <clears throat> if you want some more information or anything about the keto diet, I'm not going to uh, try to recommend a carnivore because that's very strict diet. That's all meat diet. So I want keto diet or the Atkins diet, if you want some information on that, let me know and I will give you as much information I can because I think right now those are some of the best diets out there for a person really obese. Not for the person just wanting you to lose 5 or 10 pounds unless they're going on it for health reasons. But as far as that, there's a lot of health benefits in these uh, high protein, high fat, low carb diets. But the keto, a person that's real obese or type 2 diabetes, I will recommend this diet over any other diet. You know, I'm not saying that it's the best diet, but it's the best diet for me. And, you know, as far as the keto and stuff like that, if you want more information on that, I will get as much information to you as I can. But you can also research this stuff yourself. You can look on YouTube. I can give you some names. It's just all this free information out there. You can do your due diligence and you can find out this stuff yourself, okay, if you are interested in the keto. If not, just try something if you are real obese for your health. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa, and like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world. And now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. If anything, let it be for your health, okay? And that's the way I look at 
the way I eat now, more about my health than I do weight loss. Yes, I'm very, I want to lose the weight. But my health now, I have to look at it that way now because of the the, uh, the diabetes that run in my family and the high blood pressure that run in my family. I don't want to be, I, I hear about the genes and it runs in the family. I don't have to claim that. I don't have to claim the overweightness. I don't have to claim the obesity. And I, I don't have to claim diabetes because it runs in my family. You see what I'm saying? So it can be stopped. You just have to step out and you have to do something about it. So I don't want to be... On, and I don't want to be on that chain that, you know, I'm wind up getting pre I, I have no doubt that I was pre-diabetic before I went on an all-meat diet, you know, because of my overweightness and the way I was eating. I, I have no doubt I was pre-diabetic, maybe even diabetic. But I don't keep checking like that. I just went on and I went, I went head first and I went on this carnivore diet and everything. I just know I feel much better. I, earlier, I was going through these crazy feelings and, you know, the wooziness because of the so-called keto flu when you go on ketosis. And uh, I don't got time to get in that now. But yes, it has been a challenge on this diet, but it's been more of a positive benefit than a negative. It's more better pros and cons so far on this all meat diets. But I will keep you updated on the good and the bad of it. I have to put both of them out there. And I think a lot of times people talk about the all meat diet or the carnivore diet and they just talk about the prawns. Pros, I'm sorry. Uh, and they don't mention the cons and they always say everything's gone great and whatever like that. But lately you have people that's honest on there, which I want. Be honest when you tell somebody about any diet. Talk about the cons if you have any. Talk about the cons because it, uh, it's different strokes for different folks. That's why I like talking about the cons. Then I get into the pros. The same what I'm going to do with my diet, okay? Now, with all that said, I'm going to talk to you about 20, 25 minutes uh, about spiritual obesity. And for the ones that's just tuning in, uh, go back to the last 13 shows <laughs> if you really want the beginning of spiritual obesity go back to the last 13 shows and you will get a lot of information on there plus bible verses and scriptures on different topics and subjects and I usually don't do that on Body of Christ Real Talk because this is not a bible study show but it is a it is a God fearing bible perspective show Connecting the Dots, my other podcast. I have two podcasts. Connecting the Dots is straight out, straight out Bible study, not a Bible school or Bible training, but Bible study. The basics of learning how to understand and rightly divide God's word. That's Connecting the Dots, which you will find on Spotify, Podcasters for Spotify. It used to be called Anchor, but it's called Podcasters for Spotify. Now, looking for, look for, look, if you are saved and you are already a believer, I recommend, uh, Go to podcast Spotify by podcast. Uh, uh, Spotify for podcast podcasters, and go there. Look up look up Joseph Brownlee for connecting the dots. Joseph Brownlee connecting the dots. If you already saved and you are a believer, that'll help you more than just an unbeliever. That's why I will send you over there if you already saved. But here is open for the saved and the unsaved. Predominantly the saved because I look at all things the best way I can through a. A lens of me being a believer, a Christian, and give you a biblical perspective of what's going on, rightly divided. Okay, this 
uh, spiritual obesity, I'm more into Bible verses. This is the more I've been more of Bible study on this program, Body of Christ Real Talk, than I have ever been, you know. But I'm going to do that more because I believe there's a lot of saved people watching this show and they want verses and they want scriptures, which they should study a lot of dialogue and a lot of observations and a lot of opinions and stuff like that, which is not bad. But when you are a believer, you want some backed up. They, you got so much uh, uh, metaphoric, allegorical type of teaching out there without any Bible or Joel Osteen type of teaching. I try not to be like that. I try to, on this station, give you some Bible verses or give you some real Bible history without a lot of uh, trying to motivational speak. You nothing wrong with that, but when you read the Bible, everything is not so much motivated purposes it convicts you so if it's not convicting you you know it ain't the bible if you're not getting somewhat convicted it's not the word of god if you always motivated and feeling good with somebody getting through talking about the bible they're not preaching a the gospel they're not preaching sound doctrine a lot there is motivation of course but the bible brings more conviction more than just motivate you. It ain't here to make you feel good, you know, and stuff like that, you know. So if you're getting the Bible correctly and sound doctrine, if you're not getting convicted, that's causing you to just say, yeah, I want to, that's part of me. If the Holy Spirit ain't touching your heart and convicting you and reading to you itself, it ain't really sound doctrine. It's just more of a motivational type of feel good type of preaching and teaching. And I don't do that here. I'm sorry. If you look up something like that, you need to go somewhere else. Not in a mean way, but you're not going to get that here. I don't copy nobody. I might use certain terms. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm not trying to be like the traditional uh, uh, teachers. And uh, and I do consider myself a teacher. Anybody that's doing this, don't be ashamed to consider you. That's not pride because I consider myself a teacher. You know, I have teachers that teach me. You know, quite a bit. But my point is, if I'm giving you information like this, I am teaching. You know, and, I, and stuff like that. So I want to make sure what you're hearing is biblical the best way I can. Okay, spiritual obesity. The reason, one of the big reasons I'm doing this series because it's so much, it's so many people misled in the church, starting with the church, starting with the body of Christ, with traditional program, denominational teaching and that's why it's also so long because I had to go way back you know at the apostles and give you a little history and I hope you researched it yourself to give you a background how did all this start I don't have a pinpoint date or time but I go back the best way I can just like I done on the uh the physical diet being overweight I done the same with the spiritual diet so you can have some type of uh, history or background or how did this start in the church you know uh, especially in the modern church and I try to go as close as I can as far as I can to the ancient uh, believers to the modern believers and know how did all this bad doctrine and stuff start so that's what I've been doing and you have to go back to those last shows the previous 13 or whatever like that I forgot what I was on but I think it's the previous 13 or 14 shows to really get the food out of what's going on okay all right also I want to talk to you guys in the future you know I'll be out you know when I get 
uh, more freedom. I'm going to do Lois Willing radio. I will be doing internet radio. You know, I talked about that. Also, I'm looking into writing ebooks, and that's something I have been looking into lately. Writing ebooks, not only uh, you know, different ebooks. I will be having different ebooks, not only ones that I will be writing myself, but also from other folk. You know, that's uh motivational or biblical. Uh, ebooks or something just on diets and stuff like that. I will be doing that in the future, but I will let you know and everything. And I will be selling them. And I will be selling them, but they will be a good reasonable price. Now, I also will be selling them for financial reasons. It has nothing to do with charity, nothing like that, because I will be doing that because that's going to be the income that I will be taking care of myself and whatnot, you know, whatever like that, because I'm looking for full time ministry. So I, I'm not ashamed. I want you. I want you want to let you know that up front. There's no little hidden things while I'm doing this. I'm not trying to start a charity. I'm not looking for nothing free, and I'm not have. I don't have a certain you know, uh, a trust fund, I'm trying, you know what they call it, some type of fund or nothing like that, that would be my income, but you, uh, I'm going to try to make these ebooks and whatever uh, very enlightening to you and you know, everything, give you a good price, but I'm going. I'm letting you know up front, it is going to be the finances that help me, you know, through my life, while I'm not working, because I will be doing this full time in ministry, so I need some type of finances coming in, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I would not ask you for none, I'm not going to ask you for none, but I will be giving you something back as a capitalist way, you know, give you goods, you pay me, you know, for not, not only for, you know, it's not going to be basically for the minister. It's going to be for me to take care of myself and my family and stuff like that. So I will be giving you something, selling you something for something like that. But it ain't going to be no junk or anything. I will be into ebooks, and I will give you more information on that and everything like that. So I like to be upfront. I don't want to sit up here and just say, yeah, you know, I need you to support me. No, I don't need you to support me. What I need is you to be open to uh read my ebooks because the number one thing that I will be doing this ebook is to educate you. It's not to motivate you so much, but to educate you, you know, spiritually financially and you know and health wise those ebooks that I will be presenting to you and everything some of them might be familiar to you and some will not because I will create some Lord's willing myself I'm practicing I'm learning things or whatever like that so uh, keep your eyes and ears open for that you know because I might pop out with one sooner or later or whatever like that and I you know or give you some free or whatever like that you know but so I'm not here to get rich or wealthy anything like that but it will be a means of income for me and my future family and stuff like that I'm not asking for none that's why I will give you it's like capital you give a good you pay for your good at a very reasonable price and everything like that you know so I want you all to know that I will be uh, in the future selling ebooks, maybe physical books right later on down the line. But there's just more uh, money that I cannot dish out right now. But ebooks, very very cheap, and I don't have to do as much. There'd be little little Bible study pamphlets and stuff like that, you know, and uh, motivational books and stuff like that, and you know, diets and stuff like that. And not only my books, but the majority of be other ebooks as well. But I, when I set up my website and have all that done, that's when I will be free. I will not, you know, I'm a freelancer. I want to be in full time ministry, but at the same time, I want still I need to replace my income. So that's why I call I'm entrepreneur 
entrepreneurship rise, I'll be doing those other things besides real estate. See, I'm not looking for nobody to a handout because I'm still going to be doing real estate and stuff like that. But that's another avenue that I will be doing uh, the ebooks and stuff like that besides doing a radio show to, uh, to take care of myself and uh, in future endeavors. OK, I want you guys and I'm real and you know me, I'll be upfront. I ain't got nothing to hide. If I was giving out something, I'd let you know. If I needed some type of fundraising for something for the ministry, I'm going to let you know. But I don't need that. I just let you know that I will have some goods that you might be interested in. And I hope you just give me a chance to show you some goods of what I get to just help me and stuff like that or whatever. And, you know, to go from there. I hope you know what I'm saying. All right. And you will get some good ministry and uh, not only me from me, but other outstanding guests and stuff like that, that I can you know, help you get different material, not to pay for, but just different material like that, you know. OK. Spiritual obesity. And that's, uh, I forgot what I was, because I get the rambling sometime. That's why I'm doing this series. Now, I left off the last show talking about forgiveness. I gave you uh, examples. I gave you definition of forgiveness. I gave you how people look at forgiveness and compare to the Bible, you know. The way we forgive people or people forgive us and then we look at the Bible way, how the word of God presents forgiveness. I talked about that in depth. I also got into uh, the controversial, the world being forgiven of their sins. And that's still, that's going to continue to be controversial. And I'm going to leave you with that. I'm not going to stay on this a long time. But that's going to continue to be controversial. Controversial, as well as the other few things I'm going to talk talk about before I end it. And uh, I can this forgiveness thing when it comes to the Bible. It's very tough to swallow for most people because of what we was brought up hearing and believing traditionally in the church, including myself. And we were so bombarded and you know so caught up in the Old Testament and the, and the four uh, Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and stuff like that of that format of the kingdom way of being forgiven which is true that's, 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 the, that's the time past gospel way uh, being forgiven you know uh, believed in Jesus being water baptized for the for the remission of your sins, and then you shall be filled, filled with the Holy Ghost. But the Bible is such a transitional book. It's such a transitional book that it changes for different people. Out, you know, outcomes of different people. God does not treat everybody exactly the same, but it's leading toward the same thing and the same person, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is all through the Bible. Okay. And uh, that's something a lot of uh, believers still cannot grasp because what? We didn't get caught up. Let me put this out here. We didn't get caught up in different denominations because we just straight out read the Bible and the Holy Spirit led us that way. Like some people have to think we got caught up through man-made traditions of what the word of God is saying. You understand what I'm saying? So it was because 
we sat back and read the Bible and we decided to, uh, boom, start this church or start that church. It was mostly from somebody started something. It started from a man or even a woman. But back earlier, it started from a man. You know, when it comes to man-made traditions and denominations, that's why I went back as far as uh, Martin Luther, John Calvin. You know, you have many people that follow them and they gave themselves names. They started churches from names and beliefs of the Calvins and the, uh, the Luthers and the Swingleys. And, you know, then they got into the uh, the charismatic movements with the Pardons and the uh, you know, I forgot his name, Seymour, the Reverend Seymour, uh, the black guy from the Zuzu movement. When it comes to Pentecostal, then you have the charismatic movement. Then you got the Smith Wigglesworth, and you got these, and it went on to the Oral Roberts and all the faith teachers and stuff like that. It started. All of these type of teachers and movements started from some type of trend by a man, some type of teaching, what they believed in, and it started a trend. Now, what also... You had many Martin Luther followers. The Lutheran Church came out, of course, out of Martin Luther's following. But if you look at the Lutheran Church today, what they allow, would Martin Luther agree with that? I really don't think so. Even though his doctrine got kind of messed up on the end as well. But I'm just letting you know in the chain because he was wrong about a lot of things, you know, after his... Uh, Romans, I think, I think it was it Romans 1 and 6, something like that? Discovery about faith alone, say by faith alone. Uh, his followers believed the Luther way, but as years went by, a lot of man, uh, more man-made traditions started being added to Luther's doctrine. Even though he added himself, it started, you had layers put in and tucking out. Same as Calvinist, same as dispensationalist, you know, the Darwin and all that and everything. All, a lot of things been added for the better and some for the worse. You understand what I'm saying? So even though they started these movements, things have been added traditionally to that. You know, and a lot of these movements, a lot of men that they so-called follow, they don't know them. They've been, that's hundreds of years ago. They have no idea that a movement was going to start right there. John Calvin didn't think that you have all these different believers calling themselves Calvinists. I don't believe that. Martin Luther didn't think there was nobody be calling themselves Lutherans and everything like that. Then he had the Methodists, then he had this stuff. So they all started, but I bought belief that these guys didn't know that it was going to go as far as it went now. And if they seen uh, what was going on now under their name, I believe they would be very disappointed. They would be very disappointed. Even if that doctrine started off wrong, I believe if Calvin, I'm not going to say, I, I don't know. But just imagine John Calvin. I don't know too much about John Calvin. But I know a lot of Calvinists got their somewhat teaching from here, same as Luther, but with added on things themselves, what they claim is came out the Bible. You would say some people believe, okay, let me speak of dispensationalists. I don't want to just think I'm just talking about Calvinists and Lutherans or, you know, Pentecostal stuff like that. Let's talk about dispensation. What Darwin and others besides Darwin, uh, the so-called forefathers of dispensationalism, which I don't like to call. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. 
I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa. And like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world. And now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. But how to rightly divide God's word, I think Darwin was an Acts 2 believer. He believed the church started in Acts 2. So did uh, Clarence Clark and C.I. Schofield, Moody, and all of them. I believe they believed in the Acts 2. The church started in Acts 2 when you come to dispensationalism. But later on down the line, you have more people that was revealed through the Holy Spirit and their own type of, you know, searching and man-made uh, 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 searching and history and stuff like that. They have a better grasp on dispensationalism now that Darby and uh, Schofield did not have. And if they was around today, I believe they would be more of a mid-acts type of dispensational teaching. You know, they was only limited back then. You know, through they write great writings, though, but they it wouldn't it wouldn't line up with most uh, rightly dividers and dispensationalists today because they was limited. It's more advanced, and we know more now. You know, you understand? What I'm saying? It's the same with all the other denominations or Calvin or whatever like that. The only difference is, I believe, the only difference is when you look at a Calvinist or the Pentecost. You know. Now, what I mean by Calvinist is not a denomination in itself. It's just it's a certain five points that they believe in. They believe in they believe that God chooses some to be saved and God chooses some to go to hell and different things like that. They believe you you have to do this. You have to keep doing this and to keep doing that to be holy in God. If you believe that way, you consider a Calvinist type of believer. So that can be any denomination. You see what I'm saying? including Pentecostal charismatic. That's a Calvinist belief. You can lose your salvation. If you believe you can lose your salvation, that's a somewhat of a Calvinist belief. You understand what I'm saying now? That's what I mean. So I'm not I'm not putting Calvinists in a bubble bath themselves because Calvinists is mostly in all denominations. If you believe that way, you have a lordship salvation Calvinist type of belief. That's what I mean by Calvinists. We used to be there. I used to be there. But I didn't know it was called a Calvinist belief. See, and everything. Years it didn't take me long uh, when I, until I heard Charles Stanley 
explains the assurance of salvation like nobody I have ever heard. Even some grace teachers, Charles Stanley, explain the assurance of salvation. Some people might call it once saved, always saved, which I don't like either because it makes it seem like, you know, it just makes it seem so bubblegumish that you can be saved and live any type of way. And that's the misconception. So Charles Stanley was the one that really explained and broke it down because I was he was one of my favorite teachers, Charles Stanley, the late Charles Stanley. That's when I and he had so many scriptures to back it up. I couldn't refute it. Well, my some so-called losing your salvation because it kept me scared. It kept me afraid. It kept me up at the altar because, I, you know, I used to believe that you can lose your salvation. And then when I started listening to more of a Baptist, they've got a better handle than Pentecostal on assurance. And they do on assurance and a Calvinist on assurance of a salvation. That was more correct to me. Why? Because it was more biblically and scripturally explained to me why the, all this other stuff, Calvinist and all this other stuff was not. It was more of observational or traditional definitions of losing your salvation compared and they use scriptures and sometimes it didn't really make sense to me and at point but one it was explained by Charles Stanley and he never really explained as well as a dispensational teacher you know, like a Les Feldick and Robert Breaker, which really nipped it in the bud. So, so I was, uh, I was already a, 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 a firm believer of not losing your salvation because it has scriptures in there, and it was a lot of contradiction. I just, man, well, so why? You know, it just fell into place more than assurance of salvation fell into place to me more than a more than a traditional teaching of losing your salvation because it sounded mean it sounded like wow it's so easy to lose your salvation jesus died for all this but it's so easy to lose your salvation so it was more more scriptures and verses were shown to me and what i looked at myself and learned of myself through the guidance of the holy spirit i for years, I was before I learned how to write the divide, I was already, you know, biblically convinced that you cannot lose your salvation and you cannot not. And there's no other person nowhere that can deconvince me of that. I don't think they can even show me a scripture because uh, I'm not saying I'm the best well versed person, but it's just certain verses of that. You don't need a lot that explains assurance of your salvation. OK. Oh, that's what I said, man. And uh, that's why you have so many traditions and so many denominations. And what I'm saying to you, a lot of people might not want to hear. And I know that. And it's hard to get a traditional belief out of your head. It's hard to get a traditional belief out especially a religious or a church belief out of your head, even for believers as part of the body of Christ. And that's why you have issues. Let me tell you some of the issues of belief in the church tradition. And all of it is true. You have issue not only with forgiveness, one of the biggest salvation, one of the number one, how to be saved. And what do I mean? Like that many people that think they save are not saved. And that's sad. An issue of salvation. What is the gospel today? That's confusion because you have many people have all kind of ways, including man-made, traditional, made-up sinner's prayer of how to be saved. 
these are the scriptures mostly used. John two thirty, I mean Acts two thirty eight, John three sixteen, Romans ten nine and ten, and you have other different scriptures, mainly in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and some Acts that's traditionally many people use about salvation. Then you have the man-made traditions. The confessio sins, the sinner's prayer, and stuff like that, you know, being baptized in water and stuff like that. Now, the baptism in water is a true way to be salvation, but it's the wrong dispensation. What do I mean by that? That was under the kingdom program, the four gospels and the, uh, Jesus' earthly ministry, which Jesus never baptized. But, you know, going to the Acts of Peter and the twelve, that was the requirement for salvation baptizing in water but it was only for the Jews Israel under the kingdom program see you have that confusion with Paul's program faith alone there's no requirements in the gospel of the grace of God under the teaching of the apostle Paul it's faith alone and what's happening you get that all mingled up like a gumbo that's fell they call it and you wind up throwing up because they don't mix together you know how you put something together that don't mix and you wind up getting nauseated that's how it is with the gospel many people don't know what the gospel is I can ask many people walk down 20 people and they probably would say have a not most don't want to have the same type of way because traditionally the saved and the unsaved was told what it would take to be saved and the majority of them out of their 20 will say some type of works they will say, yeah, I believe in faith alone. He died for our sins, but is that but come with it? So that's what the uh, confusion is in a lot of denominational churches. Forgiveness, salvation, forgiveness, you know, New Testament church. Who is the New Testament church? That's another confusion in the church today. Replacement theology, which means the church uh, replaces Israel. The New Testament church, many churches believe that they are the New Testament church. That's another confusion in church, you know, stuff like that. So uh, uh, I'm talking about the main ones, you know, that's a, a problem in the church and everything like that. So that's one of them, you know. Uh, let me think of a, a few more. That's really an issue of denominational churches. <clears throat> and I'm just talking about biblical differences. That's in the Bible. The man-made traditions is a whole new different thing, but different believers and uh, different beliefs, you know, in the Bible. The issue, the number one issue is the confusion between the gospel of the kingdom of heaven uh, and the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven uh, started off with Jesus' earthly ministry. Went on through the 12 apostles, Peter and the 12. And then the gospel of the grace of God is under the ministry of the apostle Paul. His 13 letters. That's the biggest confusion in the church. They they read both of them, but mostly it's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John over the teachings of Paul. See, they don't never put it, put it together. And I didn't either. Why Paul got 13 letters and the, and the rest of them don't. Matthew just got one. John got about five. Peter got two. Another disciple, James, Luke and Mark was not uh, apostles. My point is why the one with 13 letters is more ignored than the ones that only got one or two. Part of it because it's more easier 
to believe their books because they were followers of Jesus and they knew Jesus through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Jesus' earthly ministry. So therefore, that's why the focus traditionally played by Master Satan to keep our minds focused on the four Gospels, not on Paul's teachings. Keep their minds on the four Gospels because why? Jesus stands out in the earthly ministry. So why not believe that that's what we're supposed to be following? That was Jesus teaching. We're supposed to be following his earthly ministry. I'm saying earthly purposely. And I said, I know I said about 20 some minutes, uh, earthly purposely, because you have to understand Jesus had earthly ministry and a heavenly ministry. But the earthly ministry is the more focused when it comes to denominational churches today, including the Catholic Church. Now, the, now the traditions was added with Mary and all that stuff, but I'm just talking about when it comes to Bible and stuff like that. The majority of the church's following and belief and doctrine is from the four Gospels. I'm not saying that's the only thing they read, but it's for the four Gospels, which is the law. And some of them don't even know it. They know they're not under the law, but they still follow that. When you follow that way, you're putting yourself right back under the law. You know, you are spiritually. You're putting yourself right back under the law. If you say you follow the four Gospels, then you're putting yourself not right back, but you put because your Gentiles wasn't under anyway. But anyway, but you're putting yourself under the law because the law was still in play in the four Gospels. But traditionally, we've been told that was the New Testament and we've been told the New Testament started. And so many churches looked at the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John as still the uh, New Testament. Why? Because even publishers that made the Bibles made it that way. Publishers put the red letters in there. That wasn't ordained by God. Publishers put it there, which is not so much of a bad thing. But what's the problem is publishers put Jesus' red letters up in there so it can let you know that Jesus was talking in red letters. Good idea. The problem with that, and they was thinking, they was thinking Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The problem was that is Jesus is all through the Bible speaking. Not only Matthew, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yes, he was on earth alive then, but you can kind of mislead people. Not saying you've done it purposely. It's just your upbringing traditionally and what you was taught. You will lead some people to believe that Jesus only spoke, the only red letters in the Bible is only Jesus speaking. Some people wouldn't even know too much about Jesus speaking if it weren't for the red letters. Sadly, yes. If you get a Bible that don't have no red letters, many people would be confused because they don't know when Jesus is really speaking if the red letters did not show up. So that helps a lot of people understand this is Jesus speaking in the red letters. But what, is, what about Jesus speaking through Paul? What about Jesus in the Old Testament? The great I am. What about different things like that, knowing who Jehovah was and stuff like that? Many believers have no idea. Don't have no idea. So that's the, that's what I mean by man-made traditions added on to truth. That's not in play today. So, when it came to forgiveness, we was believed, we was coerced by most churches to believe the only way to be forgiven is that you have to stop sinning. That's traditional that's the traditional belief that most believers and churchgoers 
uh, grew up hearing that you had to stop sinning, you have to repent of your sins, you know, or you have to be baptized in water, or you have to confess your sins, or you have to follow the Ten Commandments, the more extreme. It's usually you have to do something to be forgiven of your sins to be saved. That's my point, to be saved. It was always a condition. Works. The Bible called it works. It was all some type of works. You know. Now, a lot of that is true when it comes to the kingdom program. The only only way you can get saved was by works, but it was only for Israel under the law, under the covenants. You understand? So, the forgiveness of sins was, that was a requirement for your sins to be forgiven. If you didn't meet that requirement, you would die and go to hell with your sins under the kingdom program and under the law. But in Paul's ministry, what Jesus gave to Paul for the Gentiles, forgiveness to finish work at the cross, forgiveness was fulfilled for the whole world. It was explained only to Paul that the whole world's forgiveness was already done. So all they had to do is believe by faith what Jesus done. Not who he was, but what Jesus done. Israel, the Jews, had to believe who he was because that was the promised Messiah for the Jewish people. They had to believe that he was the Messiah. He was their promised king because they was looking for their king, you know from the lineage of King David. They was looking for that king. The Jews was, but under the grace program, where Paul was called by Jesus to go out to the world, is a whole new different dispensation. What Paul calls it four times. Dispensation. Another administration. Another program. Another management. Has nothing to do with law, covenants, none of that stuff. It's a better, much better promise than Israel's law program. Remember, God said in the book of Romans, in the Romans 11, he doing this to the Gentiles to make the Jews, what, jealous. How could he make them jealous? By how easy this promise is compared to being under the law. And why did he want to make them jealous? So they, to get them to come back. You see what I'm saying? So God's wise wisdom wants to make them jealous that they will come back because this promise under the teachings of Paul is much better than being under the law because there's no conditions, there's no requirements. You understand what I'm saying? There's no law. See? They had the they had conditions. They had to do works. Acts 238. They had to do works and stuff like that. They had to believe. They have to repent for the remission of sins. What is the remission of sins? For their past sins. See, not their future, for their past sins. They have the remission of sins. Their future sins as a nation will be dealt with in the future during the setup of the millennium, thousand year millennium kingdom. So as national Israel, there's no national Israel today. There's no favorite Israel today. Israel is just like any other Gentile nation for now because they're blind. They have been blinded, Romans 11. They have been 1125. They have been blinded. So there's no national Israel. The only way a Jew can get saved now, whether you mixed or full-blooded, the only way you get saved now is through grace, believing what he done. 
You don't have no special privileges now. You get way, you get saved the same way. No works and no sacrifices and none. That ain't, that, that don't mean nothing today. Okay? It will come back in the future under the New Testament, but that don't mean nothing today. Jews get saved the same. I don't care if you call yourself a, a Torah follower or Messianic Jew. You won't go to heaven with that old kingdom law and belief. You have, you only have one way to go to heaven is believing what Jesus done. If you don't, you will go to hell. Not because of your sins, it's because of your unbelief and many Jews will go to hell as well as a lot of Gentiles for that same purpose, not believing what Jesus done. See, that's the confusion and that's why you have so many overweight uh, uh, believers in church that spiritually overweight because all these past traditions and programs that's in them, including the gospel of salvation and for Forgiveness. So what is the gospel today? That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Alright? Believe in what Jesus done. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. You just have to believe. Okay? That's faith alone. And why is it so easy to be saved? that way it's because what the atonement remember I explained to atonement and I gave you some scriptures in my last show please go back and check that out hopefully you wrote them down the one that for Mervis Diamond Importers I'm Ronnie Mervis I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa and like every Mervis diamonds are in my DNA the history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together as kids my brothers Kenny Zed and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps at night we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines today Mervis still operates in Africa this gives Mervis diamonds the advantage we import the finest diamonds cutting out the middleman so you save Mervis diamonds are amongst the best in the world and now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. I don't expect the newbies, but you can go back and check it out. Because of the final atonement Jesus done over 2,000 years ago when he put every... He, 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 he took everyone's sins upon himself. When Jesus was on the earth, listen closely, there was no body of Christ. They were not called Christians. None of that. They was called followers of Jesus or believers and laid on down the way, the ones of the way in the book of early Acts. There was no cross work. You could not get saved by believing what Jesus did because Jesus was still alive. He never, he wasn't dead. So they had to believe in his name. There was no body of Christ. 
There was no existence of body of Christ because Jesus was still alive. You see what I'm saying? There was only the kingdom church. Jesus being their king, their Jewish Messiah. See, why Jesus was on earth. So when Jesus was crucified, that's why he, when he was telling them what was going to happen to him, they did not understand what he was saying because God hid it from them. Hid what? The finished work. What well, what this finished work really mean? It was hidden for, to them till later on when it was really explained to them by the Apostle Paul. Which Peter broke down in Second Peter. But, you know, when Jesus, when he got crucified and he died on that rugged cross, the worst kind of death that I can even think about. He died on that rugged cross. And they was crying and Mary went to the tomb. She tried to come back and explain to him. They were still in what? Unbelief. They were still blind. They still missed that. Because what? God kept it hidden from them. See? They still missed that. They didn't want to hear Mary. Especially no woman. They didn't want to hear that. Then they finally, as one of the gospels said, John and uh, Peter ran to the tomb. But John beat Peter there. And they seen that he was gone and everything. They had to run down there and see and believe like it was something new. But it was all in their face. But there was what? History was still a mystery to them. It was revealed later on. You, you see what I'm saying? That's why they was hurt. And they, they scattered. The 12 scattered. The 11. Because Judas was dead. So it was only 11. Judas was gone already. He was only 11. Got replaced later in early Acts by Matthias. And they scattered everywhere. And uh, they hid. Just put a point. They were scared. They hid. Me and you probably would have done the same thing. So don't, don't get mad at them. They hid. You know, they doubted. So that's why it's false to say doubt. Call him doubting Thomas. Peter and all on doubted. Peter denied him three times. What is that? That's doubt. So, but they put so much emphasis on uh, Thomas, you know, which is kind of false. But that name is traditional name. It's not a Bible name. That tradi man's tradition made of doubting Thomas. Okay, it's not a biblical term. All right, but they scattered, you know. When Jesus died on that cross, they still was blind. They had no idea why he had to die. See, when Jesus said it is finished, they still didn't know, have no idea till later on after the cross. You see what I'm saying? When Jesus came back, and he ate with them. He was explaining everything like that. And blah, 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 blah. What did they ask in Acts 1? It didn't say who asked, but it said the disciples asked Jesus. Are you going to set up the kingdom now? When Jesus came back from his resurrection, are you going to eat with him? Are you going to set up the kingdom now? Jesus said, this is not for you to know. Read Acts 1 and get all that through. See, they still didn't understand what was going on. They thought Jesus was going to set up the kingdom because according to the word of God, he is going to come back, step foot on earth and set up the new thousand year millennial kingdom. They thought all that was going to happen now. So they were still kind of blind and confused, whatever the, what that disciple was. Could have been Peter because Peter was always at the wrong bunches one asked questions, but I don't know. It just said they asked that. They didn't say who. And it's not important. You got to connect the dots and put all these things together. Get out of that traditional type of teaching and allegories and see what the Bible said. The Bible don't tell you much unless you connect the dots. The Bible don't tell you much because some things we don't need to know. Okay. So you, that's when allegories and people start adding things to it. When the Bible did not say that man add things to it and then becomes a tradition.
And that tradition turns into a belief. And that belief transforms into denominations. You see what I'm saying? So it's that add on stuff that messes people up, you know, like you and I. So let's jump ahead to all the way to the persecution of uh, Paul persecuting the church. What church? The kingdom church. Because remember, there's no body of Christ. He was persecuting the believers, the kingdom program, and he thought he was doing the right thing because they didn't want to believe that this Jesus that they killed was their Messiah and King. They believed someone was coming, but they didn't want to accept the one that came. He wasn't what they was looking for, this humble Jesus doing all this stuff. No, they were looking for somebody to take over Rome and be like a King David. And Jesus disappointed them. So they wouldn't accept him as the Messiah. So they was they looked past uh, the humble Jesus and they looked straight to the coming king. So they missed it because they focus on the, the, uh, the Pharisees, I believe, and the Sadducees and all these the groups was looking for this king but not like the humble Jesus that came. See, they, they wouldn't accept that. They was looking for someone different like a King David, I believe. But anyway, Paul was persecuting the church. Paul was a former Pharisee, persecuting the church, the kingdom church. See, because he thought he was doing the right thing until Jesus interrupted his thing, blinded him. He fell off the horse and everything fell to the dirt and Jesus said Saul Saul which he was Saul then why are you persecuting me read Acts 9 you'll say why are you persecuting me when you persecute me you're kicking against the pricks the pricks is like a certain sharp point when you hit up against it or you your your your, your pressure up against it it's sharp and it points it's, it's almost like a needle or a point you get you hurting yourself when you hit up against that, you're hurting yourself. That's what the pricks is. You know, you have some translations call it hordes or whatever like that. But the King James usually use pricks. You're kicking and you're hurting yourself. When you persecute me, Jesus said, you're persecuting yourself. You're persecuting your Messiah. You're persecuting your king. See? Jesus used terms like that when it came to Israel as well. When he was talking about in the last days, when he was, he was rewarding them, the ones that was helping Israel. He said, when you help the ones that needed help, you was helping me. He was talking about Israel and stuff like that. When they, when you helped the Jews, Israel, why? Because the Jews was the New Testament. They was back in play now. So when they got, they would get persecuted so bad. So you will have certain Gentiles out there helping those Jews. And that's what Jesus said. When you help them, you help me. You see what I'm saying? You know, that's connected in dots. Well, anyway, when Paul, Saul got persecuted, he was blinded and he was prayed over by Ananias and everything like that. And such and such a thing. That program of the kingdom was finna be postponed because of the final acts was when they blasphemed the Holy Spirit by stoning Stephen in Acts 7. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you guys. I, I, I'm, I'm still, I still go over what I said I'm going to do. I only said 20 minutes and here I go again. Okay, I apologize for that. But when I, once I get in it, I'm, I'm sorry just so much. And I, I know my timing don't be good, but, but I apologize for that. But at the same time, I hope you get something out of it. So let me slow down now. In other words, when it, when it, 
transition because the book of Acts is a transitional book. It's not a doctrine book. It's a transitional book. That means if there's a change from Peter to Paul, you might say, George, how do you know that? You know, the, do anybody know when the last time Peter was mentioned in the book of Acts? Well, let me tell you, the last time Peter was mentioned in the book of Acts was Acts 15. Peter is not mentioned anymore. It's all Paul after that. Why? Because that's another program. Remember in the book of Galatians, when they shook hands, the hands of fellowship, they shook hands. Peter, James and John shook hands with Paul. What happened? Peter, James and John went to the Jews. Well, Paul went to the Gentiles. That's how you got your books, first and second, Peter, James, and John out there. They went straight to their own people. They kept going there, but at the same time, it was dying out. It was fading out. The kingdom program was fading out. It didn't just stop immediately. It was fading out. It was fading out. You understand what I'm saying? So, when Saul was attacking them, he thought he was doing the right thing under the kingdom program. Then, you know, at the... Uh, let me put it this term when Jesus rescued him, because that's what it was, a rescue of him doing anything worse or Saul. And then he used Ananias to pray for Paul. And Paul started, was blind for what, three days? Just like Jesus was in the tomb three days. See that something about that three. God works in numbers. He used certain numbers. Three days blind for Paul. Jesus was in a tomb three days. Like Jonah was in a what? Bell of the wedding well for three days. When uh, Jesus led Saul to Asia, he stayed there what? Three years. See? Three years. So it was something about that three, something to that. Well, anyway, God is a God of numbers. But anyway, the transition was happening. When you read the book of Acts, I always remember the book of Acts is a transitional book. And the last time you hear about Peter is Acts 15. The mantle has been turned, has been given over to Paul. A whole new different program. You're not going to hear nothing. What you're not going to hear in the book of Acts is the body of Christ and the cross and everything like that. You just hear of his persecution and his missionary journeys. But all those missionary trips and journeys Paul went to, that became Paul's 13 letters. That's all what Paul done on these missions in the book of Acts. That's how he was able to do the 13 letters. Ephesus, Colossae, Thessalonica, Asia Minor, all those places, missionary places Paul went, those books, his books came out of those missionary journeys. His 13 letters, Romans through Philemon. You know, some people believe Hebrews. I don't know. But Romans through Philemon came out of Paul's missionary journeys. That's why I say, Paul, you will get Paul's teaching, not out of the book of Acts. You will get his teachings out of his 13 letters. That's and his teachings was a mystery. What Paul, what Jesus revealed to Paul was never revealed to nobody else. Jesus, and it's called a mystery in the King James Bible. Your translation, if you don't have King James, would say secret. Mystery does mean secret. What was revealed to Paul, the gospel of the grace of God, out to the Gentiles, Gentiles mean the world, was never revealed to nobody else. So that's why the terms Paul used, you don't hear that from Peter now. 
These things Terrence Paul used was taught by him and revealed to him by Jesus Christ. Heavenly ministry. So when you go against Paul and you persecute Paul, you don't want to listen to Paul's teachings, you're not you you're turning your back on Jesus because Jesus is the one through the Holy Spirit teaching Paul and telling Paul what to say. See, slowly but surely, after Paul was in ministry of over 25 years, that was the Lord Jesus Christ telling Paul what to do through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't, he, he, even the miraculous and all that was slowing down, laid on down in Acts, and then start off at first, but it was slowing down. That's why you had uh, first or second Corinthians 13, you know, all the way 11, stuff like that. It talks about the season and the, the going away of the word of knowledge and tongues and all that stuff. But I'm not going to get into that now. But it, when a Jewish kingdom program stopped, signs and wonders stopped then, but not immediately. Because Paul was still doing miracles and stuff like that because that's one of the things that was in the apostles. And if you read your Bible correctly, you will understand most of the miracles and signs and wonder was done through the apostles. Not only the 12, but the Apostle Paul. You had very few doing, you had doing uh, miracles and stuff like that. You had some disciples, you had Stephen and all of them. But the majority of the signs and wonders and miracles is, was through the apostles. Because that was part of the apostles' ministry. At least according to the Bible, it was through the apostles mainly. If you connect, but it will start fading away, going through the book of Acts. And that's why you don't hear a lot about that or to none and none of Paul's letters. Tongues. You don't hear Paul talking about tongues, signs, wonders, and stuff like that. Well, only reason you hear, only way, let me take that back, in 1 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians, because signs and wonders are still going on and this is a young Gentile it was a transition to show the Jews jealousy that God was moved to the Gentiles now but after that remember that was Paul's earlier books and he was teaching this carnal church one of the carnal's church under Paul's ministry was the Corinthian church the Corinthians that was gifts still going on then through the Gentiles then not the Jews but through the Gentiles because of the transition from the kingdom program that came with signs and wonders but you notice when he started getting to Acts 13 and explaining to them, he told them it will cease after that. That is perfect come. And I remember I explained to you what is the perfect or what I believe the perfect is. The perfect is the hidden mystery. The mystery was fulfilled. That's the perfect. Paul was talking about the perfect, the mystery program. It wasn't Jesus, it wasn't the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was already working through him. So they weren't waiting for the, they weren't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't Jesus. Next time Jesus come back, in the air, it'd be to get the church. And a, a, a second time we come back on earth, it'd be the day of the Lord, Mount of Olives. So it wasn't Jesus. It was the fulfillment of the mystery program, the hidden word of God, Romans 16 and 25. That's the perfect, that which is perfect. See, that perfect is the fulfillment of the mystery program through the Apostle Paul. See, you understand what I'm saying? All right. I'm going to stop right here. And I talked about a lot of things. So that's, you know, in Paul's ministry, the forgiveness of sins is not a big issue. Why? Because sins are already being forgiven under Paul's ministry, not the apostles. That wasn't, it was only revealed uh, to Paul through the finished work of the cross 
from Jesus to Paul in the heavenly ministry. It was fulfilled. Not fulfilled, but it was only revealed to Paul. You see what I'm saying? That's what Paul's teaching is about the cross. It's about the rising of the dead. It's about forgiveness. It's about the oneness. It's about the body of Christ. It's about the head of the church. You don't hear that teaching from Peter and all of them. It's only through Paul. That's the hidden mystery message for the church we today. This is Joseph Brownlee. Body of Christ. Real talk with another teaching on this series called Spiritual Obesity. When I return, Lord's willing, I'm going to read a few more verses. We're going to get a little bit more forgiveness before I end it. Then I'm just going to give you a little freebies about the bride of Christ. See, who is the bride of Christ? You understand, you should understand who the, uh, the New Testament church is. You should understand the New Testament church is Israel, not the body of Christ. You're going to find out that the bride of Christ and the body of Christ are not the same. And I'm going to give you some verses and stuff like that. The body of Christ and the bride of Christ. These are just extra nuggets that's going to conclude spiritual obesity. See, because a lot of things that I'm telling you is mostly you hear or was taught to believe in your church. And it's very contrary, so it's going to rub you the wrong way. But it's true. It's Bible. See, it's Bible. Okay? You're going to... If you don't follow along with verses and scriptures that I put down, if you don't follow along, you won't get it. And you do follow along and you still won't get it. It's because you don't want to. That's all to it. I said this before and I repeat this again. It's because you don't want to, especially when it comes to forgiveness and the gospel for the day. Because those two right there is most important than any other doctrine, the gospel and forgiveness. They, the salvation part don't come with forgiveness. But you need to understand you have already been forgiven for you to be understood. I mean, to be saved under Paul's gospel, the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of the grace of God and the gospel of the kingdom of heaven are two different gospels. Let me say this again. The gospel of the grace of God, Acts 20 and 24, and the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, Acts 2 and 38 are two different Gospels. Okay? Remember that. Let it get in your head so it can get in your heart. And the Holy Spirit can guide you from there. And I'm going to leave you with this. With love, as I often do, you do not have to be forgiven first to be saved. You already have been forgiven. Now you can be saved. God bless you. Love you all. Bye-bye. Peace out. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa, and like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world, and now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers, it's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. 
Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.